0: And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, the show on which we love to talk about the movies, and we're going to do that right now. My name's Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Anne, we are going to review The Inglorious Bastards. Right. But they spell it differently, so I guess we can say that. Oh, sure. It is written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> and it stars Brad Pitt, Melanie Laurent, Christoph Waltz, and Diane Kruger.
1: And a whole lot of wonderful European character actors, I might add.
0: Oh, absolutely. Everybody in this film is particularly wonderful, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But just to give everybody an idea of the plot, this is in Nazi-occupied France during World War II, and there is an elite group of Jewish-American soldiers Mm -hmm. who are known as the Bastards, Mm -hmm. and they have been chosen specifically to terrorize the Nazis. Mm -hmm. They not only kill them, but they scalp them, they do terrible things to them, and they are sending absolute terror (laughs) through the German army, which is a fantastic premise to begin with. And then, of course, they run across a Jewish-American teenage girl named Shosanna Dreyfus, played by the beautiful Melanie Laurent, and she has Escaped. The rest of her family has been killed. She's now in Paris. She's running a theater, a movie theater. Mm-hmm. She's changed her name to Mademoiselle Mimieux, so no one believes she is Jewish. And my favorite actor in this film plays the darkest villain. Mm-hmm. That is Colonel Hans Landa, and he is played by an Austrian actor named Christoph Waltz. Waltz speaks perfect English and, of course, perfect German. And his performance is Oscar-worthy. He is that good in this movie. I think
1: he vaulted off with the movie for the most part. You know, going to a Tarantino movie for me is like going to a convention for wordsmiths. He is such a linguist and he has such a love of the language that it's difficult sometimes to reconcile that Quentin Tarantino with the -the over-the-top, grisly, gory Tarantino for whom one gallon of blood is never enough.
0: Well, that's true. And those of you who saw Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, which was an awful lot of violence, the big stomach-turning violence does not come in this film until very close to the end.
1: Actually, I want to talk about how Tarantino constructed this movie because I think it's worth our talking about a little bit. The five set pieces that he writes are divided into chapters in this movie, much like he did in Pulp Fiction. And I thought that the first chapter really sets the tone for this movie. That's when the Jew hunter Hans Landa shows up at the dairy farm and interrogates the farmer of that dairy farm at some length, about whether or not he's hiding a Jewish family somewhere on the property. Now, what Tarantino does in this sequence is that he continues the action for 22 minutes. And as the camera pans down through the floorboards as these two men are talking around the 14th minute that the scene is in, we finally see the Jews who are hiding, indeed, under the floorboards. Normally, a scene like this would last only eight minutes, but Tarantino likes to take the audience to the breaking point, and he quite often does it in this movie, not just in this opening sequence. And I think that it's so beautifully constructed, and I love the way that he builds tension here with his words. Tarantino was talking about this, Mm -hmm. and I was struck by the exquisite description that he gave this sequence when he said that he thinks of a movie like this and a scene like this like a rubber band and he pulls it and pulls it and pulls it as far as it will go
0: You're absolutely right Then he wow.
1: snaps it and that's when the action finally happens at the conclusion of that 22-minute sequence and you're ready for that action you know it's inevitable you know it's going to happen there's a kind of relief that happens and yet you are seeing an atrocity It's very smart Movie making, And it's something that Tarantino is really the best at.
0: There is a similar scene where they're all in the basement of an inn. Yes. And they're all drinking. And there are visiting German soldiers. And they're playing a stupid game.
1: A parlor game. <laughs> yeah,
0: a parlor game. Like
1: 20 questions. Who yes, am I? Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And
0: they're getting more drunk and more drunk. And now the several bastards who are in the cellar also join the game with them. And Again, you're waiting for something to happen, and it doesn't, and it doesn't, and it doesn't. And the longer that scene goes, the more nervous you get and the more tension you feel. I think this is a brilliantly, brilliantly done film.
1: Okay. I have a couple of caveats here about this movie. Okay. All right. One is that I feel that it's difficult sometimes in this movie, Inglorious Bastards, to reconcile the fact that this is a total fantasy total fiction piece of work. And by that, I say it's difficult sometimes because we know so much less about World War II. Either we've studied it in our history classes or we have seen it in hundreds and hundreds of movies oh, that sure. have certainly shown the reality of World War II and then fictionalized it to some degree, but it's always based in reality. In this movie, there is almost no reality except for the fact that the Nazis commit atrocities and then the Americans are brought in to commit equally atrocious acts upon them. Right. Also, the ending of this picture is the ending that probably almost all of the world wanted to happen to the Nazi generals and to the other Nazi brass. And, of course, that's something that is the big climax for this movie. And I think it's okay, but I sometimes think it's a little hard to justify or to think of these two concepts going on at the same time. One is that we know about the reality of World War II, and secondly, we're seeing a movie that is total fabrication.
0: Well, if you don't approach this film knowing that it is a fantasy. I think you're going to get lost, especially when you see the ending and you think, oh my goodness, well that didn't happen.
1: Well, of course not.
0: (laughs) And it didn't happen, but again, I think for all of us who are very familiar with World War II, or we were even little kids when it happened, You say, yes, that should have happened. I wish it had happened this way.
1: Okay, the other problem that I have with the movie is that I think that the way Tarantino has structured this film, the Nazi Germans, all of them, are far more intriguing and captivating and compelling characters on screen than are the Americans. And for me, that creates a bit of a problem. You have... This character Hans Landa, played by the brilliant Christoph Walsh, as we mentioned earlier, there was no one to counterbalance Christoph Walsh's portrayal. Not Brad Pitt and not anybody else on screen even comes close to matching this actor's work. And that's a big problem for me.
0: You know, when I watched that first scene in the farmhouse, Uh -uh. and Colonel Landa was so charming and so funny, And, of course, I knew what was going to happen. Let's face it, he was wearing a Nazi uniform. But I thought, I would like to sit down and have a beer with this guy. Yeah,
1: well, that's the problem with (laughs) the film because Tarantino has made them more entertaining than the Americans, and that creates a little bit of a conflict for me as an audience member. I, I think this will be my third gripe about the movie, and that is I do not think the casting of Brad Pitt was very good. I think that Mr. Pitt does better when he can play a contemporary pop culture kind of character like he really is. So when it comes to character work, I just don't think that that's Brad Pitt's strong suit.
0: Well, I think you're probably right. Certainly in this film when everybody else was totally brilliant, he was just kind of okay.
1: So because I think that the movie is highly entertaining, brilliant Brilliant dialogue sequences. Nobody writes dialogue as beautifully as Quentin Tarantino. And I like the fact that there is this element of fantasy, but I am saying it was difficult for me to wrap my brain around it. However, I think that the movie is artistically fascinating, highly entertaining. For me, it gets a green light.
0: Oh, it's certainly getting a green light for me. I was surprised when I saw it. I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. This is awfully awfully good. So, two green lights for Inglorious Bastards, directed and written by Quentin Tarantino and starring Brad Pitt, Melanie Laurent, Diane Kruger, BJ Novak, and the brilliant Christoph Waltz. I want to see him in more films. Believe me, you will. (laughs) Well, we're going to be back with another movie and another review very, very shortly. So we hope that you will stick around because we always have good things to say about movies, even when they aren't great movies. We have more fun Mm -hmm. talking about them sometimes than watching them, but that's how it goes. And until we see you next time, I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And we hope that we're going to run into you having as good a time as we do at the movies.